Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another big story that we are following tonight, the stunning downfall of Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the cryptocurrency exchange, FTX. Just over a month ago, he was riding high, a billionaire many times over. Well, tonight, he's in jail in the Bahamas, facing U.S. charges and what a federal prosecutor calls one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. We get more now from CBS's Scott McFarlane. Inside a heavily secured courthouse in the Bahamas this morning, 30-year-old Sam Bankman-Fried, arrested and disgraced, was denied bail and signaled he'd fight extradition to the U.S. This is one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. Where the Justice Department charged Bankman-Fried with numerous financial crimes, including wire fraud, securities fraud, and money laundering. Bankman-Fried's company, FTX, based in the Bahamas and promoted by top celebrities, was worth $32 billion in January before a run on the company gutted it, leaving its founder worth just more than $100,000. His customers lost $8 billion. Welcome to Free State, everybody. This is a very special episode. We are in the Marion Hotel and myself and Joe have been joined by one of the greats, uh, a writer I'm a huge admirer of. Joe's a huge admirer of. Michael Lewis, how are you? I'm I'm weary but happy to be looking at you. Okay, you're good. the you're the end of a book tour for oh, me. I, we represent, you represent freedom. Yeah, yeah, the side of you represents freedom. <laughs> you don't represent freedom. The back of you represents. Okay, freedom. that's fair. I'll take that. <laughs> this is this is this is the drags. A lot, of, a lot of our, our, our listeners would be very familiar with Moneyball, the Brad Pitt film. I mean, uh, all, of, all of your books are blockbusters now. And um, you're looking at possibly young, you mother, you know, I mean, honestly, some people. And then I, 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 I read during the week, 
that he gets $150,000 per public appearance. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> that's, but that's, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do a public appearance for $150,000. I want word of that to spread. Could you just let people know that's what it costs? Yeah, but Joe yeah. would not. Joe, I, I, we would turn that kind of money. Yeah, Joe well, wouldn't we get out of bed for that. We were talking beforehand, and uh, to my surprise, this sort of guru of sports writing and writing did not know who Joe Clecker was. And I still don't. And I think you've made him up because it, it is true that I do follow American football pretty closely. But he's older than I am, and maybe I just just too young to to have paid much attention to him. Joe once wrestled a 700-pound grizzly bear at a fairground during the off-season with the Jets. The Jets nearly had a fit, and he beat, the, he threw the bear over his back. <laughs> the bear, the bear had never, this is not a new, I, 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 I guess I can believe this. The next novel should it's be incredible. Back. He pinned the bear. I've seen the video, they showed it at his Hall of Fame. The bear have teeth and claws? It's a, it's a, it's a big, massive grizzly bear. And the bear didn't bite him? Or the Russian grizzly bear. Oh. He, he, whenever we were, whenever I was out of the Hall of Fame, his doctor, because he travels with his doctor, obviously after <laughs> the wrestling bears. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he, uh, you know, he's famously known as the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. But his doctor told us a story that they were flying back from a game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh. Uh, you know, Joe's a huge man. Once picked me up with one finger on each hand in the New York Athletic. Did, under your armpits. Just under my arm, but she huh. lifted me up. I mean, it was like I felt like a child. Huh. I mean, I'm six foot, 13, stole four, just straight up and straight down. Huh. And hands like tennis rackets, huge, huge, huge fingers. But anyway, so the doctor told us, he said, yeah, we're coming home from the Annapolis. He said, you know, Joe was playing cards and he was on a losing streak and then he started to win. And then the pilot said, look, there's turbulence. Everyone's going to have to go back to their seats. And uh, the boys kept playing. And the wee stewardess came over, the wee petite stewardess comes over and said, look, you have to go back to your seats. And she said, yeah, give us, give us 12 minutes, give us 12 minutes. And then she put her hands on the card. And Joe picked her up, stored her in the overhead compartment. And when the hand was over, and Joe had won, he lifted her back down again, patted her down, apologised to her, <laughs> and gave her tickets for the next Jets game. <laughs> So you, you said you wanted a broad conversation. I wonder, you know, if this bro is broad enough. This, for well, we're getting, we're, yeah, you, it's 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 odd to me that you were telling me about it. someone in American football I have never heard of, and uh, I just I, I'll have to look him up. But yeah, this is plenty broad. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's um, and this is a, dig a little bit of a digression. But you talk about someone like this, and he's on a field with permission to hit anybody he wants, and it, and if you go into a football locker room, you, they're there were guys in the football locker room who were smaller than you. It's amazing people survive this. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. How Do you think it's more or less violent than rugby? Well, the difference is that in rugby, you know, you have no protective gear. And only in the last three years, they've taken serious steps to take out head-high tackles. Yep. And so very serious about that now because coming down the tracks all around the world, all around Europe, are civil actions relating to brain atrophy, right. serious brain injury. And it's a big problem because, of course, part of the spectacle, a huge part of the spectacle, as it is in American football, is the violence. Is the heavy hitting. But, but, but the absence of pads, doesn't that constrain the violence a little bit? No. Do you have these full, you know, people, you don't have people go full tilt with their bodies into each other. You do? You, you watch South Africa. Okay. Yeah, you have to go full tilt. Huh. Yeah. Uh, now they're trying to change the, they're really trying to clamp down on how you do it and where you tackle and 
they're sending players off if there's any uh any sort of leading with the head and things like that but it's still um yeah. you know a very dangerous sport i think american football probably is more is more violent also because of the just the um i think it's it's the 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 the, 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 the numbers playing american football is such a like a huge sport in america or if rugby is still yeah. a, minor, a minority game most in most places so like you know there's there's going to be mo- there are going to be many more casualties right from american football I mean, the, big, the big danger i think in american football it's a bit like hurling you know people who watch hurling yeah. are sort of national sport the greatest field sport in the world but we've got to take you to uh, an all-earned hurling final i promise you we'll do that all right we will bring you to an all-earned hurling final all right we'll Z- file that away Brook, the list of things Zinzan we're going to do the legendary all-black oh. went to his first all-earned hurling final and he said this is sport where has this been hiding all my life? You know, it's exhilarating. You play with sticks. And people from the outside think, oh my God, this is unbelievably dangerous. So the first time it was shown on Sky Sports, just sort of shown around the world, one of the recurring comments was, because we have umpires at each post wearing white coats, one of the sort of comments from someone who'd never seen the game, for, I'm not surprised there's a doctor beside it. <laughs> um, but, in, but in Hurling, as in American football, because technically players are aware of the dangers and, and know how to protect themselves and are expert at that. You know, it's relatively unusual to see a very serious injury at the highest level, but I do. I mean, I wince sometimes when I watch the American football and I see those balls, the quarterback throws the ball down the middle and you've got a defensive player coming from each side yeah. with a guy who's relatively defenseless, having to take a catch yeah. and being hit very, very hard. It's amazing there aren't more injuries. What do you think uh, keeps drawing people to play it when they are aware of the dangers of a sport like American football? It's interesting. It's becoming a gladiator sport in the States. So so, um, ever since this concussion stuff popped up, like rich private schools, you know, the high school for kids have closed their football programs. Uh, So you find it played largely in the big public schools. Uh, The players the players are drawn largely from the the lower and middle class mm-hmm. um and but it's the, the economics of it are so fantastic i mean i had a i had a i had a subject um and it's a pity he died at the end of covid he was going to be the subject of my next book it was a football coach His name was mike leach wonderful character i'd written a magazine piece about him years ago but he was the coach of the mississippi state bulldogs they, they're in the SEC. They're in the SEC. They've caught, and that's that's the belly of the beast in college football. Um, and I remember him saying, he was at a press conference all after, when this concussion stuff started to become an issue, and some reporter stood up and asked him what he thought needed to be done about the violence in football, and he said, "The violence is the best part." <laughs> And, 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 and that, that, so that, that's what it, it, that's what attracts fans. But the, and the, if you look at, um, I don't know, a list of the 50 most watched television programs at the end of a year in the United States, 38 of them are football games. Uh, so what keeps me playing is that, that this lure of the money, uh, and it's, it, you know, it's become a path for kids, especially poor black kids, uh, to college. And then, you know, with any luck to the, to, to the professional level. Yes. And it also runs, like the oldest protocols and concussion protocols run counter to the point, as you said, almost like the point of the game. I remember talking to someone in rugby who said, you know, how we, how we judge players 
is their tolerance for and their lack of fear for these actual encounters, which we now have to you know prevent happening. So how, we have to re, we have to reinvent our criteria for actually assessing players' characters almost because violence that ability to sort of take you know withstand violence is almost the the point. The ability to not be injured. Yeah. But some people have, it's extraordinary. Like oh, the, the greatest Gaelic footballer I believe who has ever played, who's currently playing is 23 years of age. I mean, this kid is just a, a, a superstar in every way, a sort of a Frankenstein of all the great players of the past stitched together. He never gets injured. Huh. He just doesn't get injured. Huh. I mean, it's impossible to think oh, of yes. that. Well, this... I think that's a massive criteria in professional sports in America, that you don't get injured. Yeah. There's a lot of luck in it too, though. You look what happens in the football game, and then all kinds of things can take you down. You can be taken down from someone just falling on your legs from behind. Uh, and it's, um, so, but the sport, it's funny, because if you, when, when CTE was demonstrated, when these problems with former football players started to be really noticed, and if you've ever met, well, you have a, your friend, Joe Klecko. He's probably not a good example. Actually, you're doing inverted commas, as you say, Joe Klecko. Yeah, I don't know right? if he exists, but if he exists and he's your friend, maybe he's your imaginary friend, like a, like a white rabbit. You've got, you've got your little friend, Joe Klecko, and he's the strongest <laughs> man who ever lived, and he lifts you up by your armpits. And maybe that's just who you need, and it's okay if you need that. But, 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 <laughs> it's okay if you need that. He will stow you in the overhead locker of the first-class compartment of the, of the ever that you're flying on. But if, you, if we were sitting here at the beginning, when, when concussions were in the air far more than they are now, I'd have told you that, that American football is doomed. It felt like, mm. oh, my God, this thing is going to turn. And just the opposite has happened. That it's sort of, everybody's sort of forgotten. Their con the NFL, professional leagues, and the college leagues made some show of trying to change the rules a bit to prevent the head injuries. Um, but uh, it's, it, the head injuries still happen and people just, they've decided they don't care that much. But if you look at, aside from Joe Klecko, you look at these players who played this game for any length of time and you meet them when they're 50 years old, they're broken. Oh, broken. I mean, they can't walk, their shoulder, they can't move their arms. It, I mean, maybe they've escaped with their brains not scrambled, but their bodies are a wreck. You know, big, that's what Big Joe's like, you know, multiple surgeries, heart surgeries, shoulders, uh -huh. you know, all that. But is it, is it a surprise, because we've talked about this in the podcast before, about the rise of very violent sports where the aim is to seriously maim your opponent. Yeah. So, for example, we see with the kids fighting now, you know, the yeah, UFC. Yeah. You know, we've sort of speculated that if, if a Saudi promoter or if a promoter uh, came up with uh, the ultimate the ultimate fighting contest where you fought to the death that you would get young men who would sign up for that. Yep. It would be tremendously exciting. You know, it would be watched around the world. All our teenage kids and kids would be enthralled, hooked yeah. on. I mean, Conor McGregor, McGregor is a living legend for yeah. all his thuggery. So You're it, absolutely right. Is it a surprise that, right. that, 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 that people are, are rising to what you call this epic gladiatorial contest of American football, which in a way it, it looks when you watch it, I always think that, you know, and I've come quite hooked on it since I started to go and watch games in America. But you've got this quarterback who's like your clean cut American general, yeah. you know, riding into battle and all the language of war around it. Well, this is exactly right. It's a proxy for war. That's what it is. And it's complicated like war. There's battlefield strategies that, and it's, it's, the, the strategies are interesting like war strategies. 
That's right. People are watching a proxy for war on the field when they're watching a football game. And it's take, you know, baseball used to be the American sport or the American pastime. And the interest in baseball has just collapsed over the last 30 or 40 years. It's, um, it is an expression for the why, desire. Why is that? Is it, is it, does, does, does the increase in appetite for violent sport mirror uh, uh, an increase in appetite in general for more controversy, more polarization in society? Is, it a, is there something to do with that about, a, about people becoming more emotional, the rule of law becoming less important slowly but surely? You know, in America, it looks very much as though democracy is being destabilized as well. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that thought had not occurred to me. I don't want to, it, but why not, you know? Please, it, please take it for your next No, no. Like so someone <laughs> asked me, I was just thinking, you know, if someone asked me uh, a couple of years ago, how do we fix baseball so it's more like, so it, it, it's, it's places, interest is restored in the game. And what, what would it take in the current American climate for Americans to go watch a game with cricket or baseball mm. like that, a slow pastoral game uh, where there isn't any violence at all. And my first thought was, if you put a lion on the field, like a live lion and not like a zoo lion, like a savannah lion that really is hungry. And, and every now and then one of the players got eaten, that would roughly do it. And it would, that it would keep everybody on their toes. It would keep the action moving. But it, the, the presence of the line would engage the fans in the way the, the, violence, the violence on an NFL field engages the fan. So here's the... There. You, you'd be spending too much time with Sam Bankman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no it's, very, it's a very outside-the-box kind of thought. And there'd be some objections, of course, like the first time someone actually was eaten, there'd be discussions about whether this was worth, worth it. But this is effectively what we're doing with football. It's just, you know, people do get killed playing football and li certainly lives get shortened because of football and nobody really, everybody puts up with it. And, if and you'd have the pundits saying, you know, well, I mean, this young man is dead now and that's a terrible tragedy, but, you know, our consolation is that he died playing the game it, that he loves. He, and, and look at the wonderful medical care that he received on the, on the field, Dion. I'm proud you want to say a few words about that. And, you know, I mean, and his replacement is an exciting prospect. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows to be more careful next time. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and they, they, they uh, you know, all you do is replace, you, you, you sort of, hijack the respectable language of sports punditry and put it into the most violent sport, whether it's boxing or cage fighting or anything else. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, it's made sound like, as you say, a pastoral... It gets, it gets normalized. It gets normalized. It gets normalized. So why we have this bloodlust is an interesting question. Uh, and is it mirroring other things, anger in society? It certainly is rising with anger. It's, they're going together. Um, yeah. Do you I think the, the way the, the media that we consume is, has an element is a factor in it? Because baseball, like I haven't watched a lot of baseball, but I've read baseball is one of the sports that produces great literature and great American writing. It was always traditionally, there was a lot of great writing around baseball. Um, but people now, what they want, you know, you can't get a 30 second clip that's going to satisfy you of a baseball game. No. But you can get the collisions, a hit. From American football. And, and um, by comparison, 
football has not generated really much literature at all. It's they've been there is a book or two here or there, Dude. but but you could throw a book into an NFL stadium on a Sunday, and with fifty thousand people in it, and it would be there when the game was over. No, <laughs> nobody would pick it up and take it with it. But also, they, they, they are. It's not a reading you're culture. Drink, you're drinking the beer out of you know those hops you get yeah. in America that you put the tins of beer into the hops. <laughs> you're, you're sucking your beer. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're cheering every time it's a big hit. Yeah. And there's also a growing violence at at America, American football games, isn't there? The crowds are getting there's they're 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 getting drunk and fighting more than uh, when they used to. They were fighting at the Hall of Fame game. I was at the the. Uh, the Cleveland, um, the Cleveland Browns yeah. were playing against the... Pittsburgh Steelers, probably. It was in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. It was the Cleveland Browns. No, it was against, it was against the... I thought it was against the Jets. Was it the Cleveland Browns and the Jets? But anyway, I was amazed because I thought, you know, it felt very like a cricket atmosphere. You know, to start with, it was fun. Mm. It was everything. And then everybody gets pissed. Yeah. Like, really pissed. I was surprised at that. Even by Irish standards, really pissed? No, 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 just by our standards, right? You guys are. No, you'd be. This would look like a, a sober crowd, and, I, and we will take you out after. I, after I'm sorry, I'm still podcast. recovering from last night. <laughs> I still, I couldn't yeah, believe what I felt like this morning. It was just going to take me a while to get used to living in this country if I ever do. With the expectations, the demands that are placed on your liver, it's just incredible. How's anybody walking around the streets out there? But do you think it's well, more or less dangerous? I mean, like, we, we arrived, and Cleona, who's from Penguin, who's uh, been terrific in setting this up for us, and we're very, very grateful, as are our listeners, um, and also for this beautiful free copy of Win Infinite, which we will... We will we Eventually will, talk about. Which we Eventually. Will, which, we will, which we will come to. <laughs> but Cleona, I said, bring, you know, if Michael's free now, and I said, oh, no, he's in the gym. And we're... And, you know, I, I have a firm policy. I played Gaelic football at the highest level. Uh, and I, I stopped when I was 42. I got a suicide pass. I, I don't want to get into a steel pass. I still bear a grudge over it. Anyway, I got a suicide pass and got badly injured. Anyway, I have a strict policy now of no exercise because I look around the world. I mean, the, the leading Irish cardiac consultant dropped dead a few months ago while cycling in the Alps. That's a small sample size. Jim, Jim Fix. This, Jim Fix, the I, American jogging guru. Yeah. He dropped dead yeah. jogging. Yeah, and watch out for the vaccines because I know a guy who got really <laughs> sick from taking that vaccine. Just watch out for it, that's right? All because our that's all we listeners need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> can, we add, can we edit that out? <laughs> but it's, it's it, yeah. yeah. I, I think, so in all seriousness, about exercise, it's the one thing I do. It's the that I wouldn't give up. I'd give up everything else before. It's the my one addiction. Would you give up sex? I give up sex before exercise. Really? Okay. Yep. Look, look I, but, which is saying a lot. Look, I can recommend a number of very, very good psychiatrists. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the town? Is there an emergency? The emergency. You'd like to call in, get someone into the Marion right now. You know, some of the great philosophers. Eventually, well, through the Greek philosophers, through to people like mm. even people like Norman Mailer, Firebrands like that, Sean Connery, Douglas, mm. they eventually came to the conclusion that the apogee, peak of human existence, was the perfect orgasm, mm. and that's where the you, orgasmatron was born. You know, you sat, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sat in the box, <laughs> yes. and eventually, eventually, you know, you would come out of the box with your hair singed, right. smoke rising from you. 
Well, this may not be a, this, multiple perfect yeah. orgasms, and you would be prepared to sacrifice that. There may not be for an doing e push-ups and it's this him. may be a case where it's not either or; it's yes and both. That this that because it's a form of exercise, so you just you put the box in the gym and. And to get the endorphin rush. You can, yes, you can pick that exercise for the day. I mean, is there any endorphin rush like the orgasm? You tell me. Oh, come on, seriously. No, really, you talk about this, not me, because I don't want to be quoted. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a subject where I don't want anybody to be able to say I said anything, only, anything of interest. The only, the, only reason, the only reason that I gave up orgies was because you never knew who to thank at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah but you, you could thank the crowd, right? You could stand up. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be great. Who, who wants an encore? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dublin. <laughs> right? You could do that. Yeah. So there's there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. Yeah. But no, but it's a good. You had a reason for giving it up, and you didn't yeah. give it up without a reason. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. um... Uh, I, I, uh, I mean, you've written a number of really rollicking good tales because, I mean, people write books. So I can't remember who said, you know, everyone thinks there's a book in them, and in most cases, that's where it should stay. Yeah, that's a good line. But, but you are one of the great storytellers, you know, and from Moneyball through to The Blind Side, which, which is also a wonderful book. But you know... And this one, this one is out of kilter. Can I say? <laughs> I mean, a book that is about a relatively sociopathic loner who a year before knew nothing about Bitcoin and, and all of a sudden became one of the wealthiest people in the world, having probably not really much idea what Bitcoin was. And I just wanted to start, I wanted to start with the, your immortal. <laughs> Immortal opening sentence. Most of the people who went to work for Sam Bankman Fried ended up in jobs for which they were not obviously qualified. <laughs> and Natalie Tate was no exception. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So, and, so. and it sort of it, it, it perfectly sets the scene for what for what is a very interesting story about an extremely odd young man. Yeah. Who, you know, within a few years was a billionaire. Seemed to have no idea how to run a company. No. From you know. Did, walked did, around in walked around like Boris Johnson with his hair sort of tussled, and all of the did you, as usual. I mean, the descriptions are matchless in the book, but the in a way is he not sort of emblematic of this messianic culture in America towards people who all of a sudden start to be rich? Everybody yeah. goes. That's the first thing that interests me about this. It was, it was not, although he was, his oddness was obviously appealing to me. Like that was just good. You know, you don't want, it, it's, the problem is when the character is too normal. Like I would have a field day with you. It would be great to write about you. You clearly have some of the traits of one of my characters. Uh, but, but he, uh, it was that this fortune had been created in, in, in kind of inside of two years and so think of when, when in history, someone, he was worth, according to Forbes, and I think it's probably right, about $22 billion. From zero to $22 billion inside of two years. When in history has that kind of money been created that fast? I think the answer is probably never. Uh, that it, you know, you used to have to like dig for oil or build railroads. Well, or, the British uh, used to be pretty good at doing it. You know, but, 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 and that this fortune and that this society is already primed to organize, organize itself around the pile of money. Uh, and it, 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 at its core, I mean, the regulation, the politics, the media, the celebrity, that the, the, there was no part of the society he couldn't put his hands on instantly because he had the pile of money with him. Uh, but, but, but also that he is like, you know, and, and, and you talk about in the book how, you know, trading has, a, you know, the evolution of the trader, you know, from like, the guys having, you know, liquid lunches and... Uh, the guys in Wall Street the yeah. movie or the guys in trading places or... Yeah. But at the same time, so like, the, you know, the, the impression is that now it's it's data-driven. It's, you know, you're looking for maths, uh, you know, geniuses, all this kind of stuff. But yet at the same time, the heart of this book is everybody projecting things onto him, taking things on trust. You know, like there's an extraordinary line from Constance Wang who lost 25 million... And now maybe, you know, she's worked for him, like she should know, but like, you know, and if you read the book, you'd get this pretty quickly. She, he has absolutely zero empathy. Yeah. That's what I learned that I didn't know. You know how could you not see that yeah. in a guy that is, like he's, he clearly has no empathy. But it's a cult, isn't it? People wanted, to, people, people wanted to see what they wanted to see in him. And the, the, um, it's also amazing what you will, well, Sam Bankman-Fried says this, People don't see what they're not looking for, and mm. they, they and they see what they're looking for, and people want to see a certain thing in a person with 20, $22 billion, dollars. Just as now they want to see a certain thing in someone who seems to be the world's greatest fraud, right? And they're seeing what they want to see and not paying attention to anything else. And, and that, I think, in a way, being a sociopath assists because eccentricities, all sorts of bad behaviours, you know, lack of empathy, cruelty towards employees, all those things are excused under the umbrella of, he's a genius. Yeah. He's very special. It's like Elon Musk. You know, so um, hold on one second, because the box, you said just the one thing that's not true about him. He was never cruel to employees. He was indifferent 
but it was never, he wasn't like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. He was, you know, the, the, you, you, know okay, you put okay. the pictures up to get next to each other, Elon Musk, Sam Bankman-Fried, and there's some things you very clearly in common. But one thing that's not in common is um, Elon Musk is a bully and he clearly likes conflict. And Sam Bankman-Fried is a wimp and clearly can't stand conflict. Yeah. And his, his way of, to the extent it was cruel, it was sort of like hiding from any of the problems the employees had. Uh, well, I suppose the employees did lose a lot of money. One of your, one of yeah. your, which is one way of saying that you know there's a cruelty to that. Yeah, perhaps, yeah, yes, you know? but but not in the day to day. Not the day to day. Right. It was cruelty on a macro. Yes. A macro no, 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 that's right. <laughs> but, but one, of, the reason I picked up on it was, and uh, so I'm glad you put me right on that because it was the implication in your line. I think you quoted his sort of on-off girlfriend saying, you know, I think. He has said to me himself, or I think maybe he texted or said, you know, please forgive me, I have no soul. It's in there, yeah. His line, his lo his letter to her. Yeah. Why He's making an argument, and I'm sure this happened probably right after they had sex, because this is when he would become sane about why she shouldn't date him. But, but, but that, that this... Taxi. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that your taxi. And, and let me explain why I, why you need to leave now. Is basically what he's sa what he's saying. Well, is that not cruel? But it's indifferent. Yeah, it's an indifferentness. Is there anything worse than indifference? A, a lack of feeling for other people. Yeah. He he. Well, there are probably worse things than indifference. But it's it's it, it's a. He says to her, um, "You shouldn't be with me. No one should be with me." In a way. All, all, everything about me is fake. All my feelings are fake. My facial expressions are fake. He had taught himself facial expressions because mm -hmm. he wasn't born with the compliment. Hold on, hold on. They said the, the so former... Wait, wait, wait. He... Oh, this is, he taught himself facial expressions. Yeah. Can, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. He, he noticed or picked up by the time he comes to the end of his isolated childhood that one of the reasons people think he's weird and these they're not responding to him or not understanding him is that he's giving them no kind of response on his face it's it's a it's a i mean it's a brain thing he was born with this so that you say something when you say something that you find amusing even if i don't i will smile i will give you some indication or i'll argue with you or and if i just don't give you anything it's weird and Everybody found him weird. And when he got to the point in his life where he found some purpose and he wanted to assimilate into the tribe of humanity and he had to have social interaction with people, he actually got a mirror out and practiced stuff. For, he, took, he said it took him forever, like worked on this for a year, like different facial expressions so he could convey to people what's going on in his head. Almost like a good mimic training himself to, to be other people. Yeah, kinda. It's more like a machine trying to decode how to pass as a person. Well, apparently the former yeah, British, so, British, what, British Prime so, Minister... Sounds exactly like Dion. Yeah, well, I show things like He's so good at it. But the former British Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, they said, had, had to have smiling lessons. Did he? Yeah. And he has... I he, didn't know that. Yeah, he, and he is a little he's bit a like... He's a empathetic person. Yeah, he is very empathetic, but he's also... He's not... He doesn't have that uh, ability of, of, of a politician to it's kind of en enact as a, in a kind of empathetic what way. What an odd character to find his way into politics. Well, yeah. Sam, so this came out, the trial, uh, just yesterday, the day before. And it, 
it took my breath away even as I knew, yes, this is exactly the sort of thing Sam Bankman-Fried, when he was worth $22 billion, would say. He told his girlfriend that he thought there was a 5% chance he'd become president of the United States. And I read that in the time. If he has a 5% chance, I have a 40% chance. That it's just that there's no, there's no one. If there were 5% chance, one in 20. If there were only 20 Americans, Sam would still not have a 5% chance of, of being president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, that, that he, because everybody picks up that he's not interested in them. I think he can't run a country. I mean, well, because Donald Trump was president, but I don't think he can well, run that's a country a, yeah. whilst, whilst you're playing, tw- playing video games 24 hours a day. I mean, these, these extraordinary details. And just as I, I don't want to spoil anything in the book for our listeners and your readers, but I mean, the fascinating details in the book, you know, his first TV appearance, eventually, he was persuaded in 2021 by now he's a billionaire, on paper anyway, to appear on Bloomberg's TV. And Natalie Tian, who you spoke about, told, told you that she watched in horror as throughout the entire interview, he played, he played a video game. <laughs> Unbeknownst to the interviewer, and and and, and, and she, just, she said like he was constantly looking down. Obviously, the the viewer would have thought he was looking down at notes, but in fact, yeah. he was playing a fantasy video game that he loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what he did. He did. He would do that just as a matter of habit when he was on a when he was on his Zoom calls with venture capitalists raising two point three billion dollars. He was playing a video game. When when but you kind of had to. to to fully the horde dragon, but but, horde, yes. yeah, but, 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 and, but the interesting thing about that again goes back to that point that they took this. Like you, you're meant to believe that everything is so data driven and no nothing can slip through the net of the, the date. Everyone will be judged, guided by the data, and yet they kind of were just. It was like somebody was dating them because he was he was indifferent. And you quote uh, Ramnick saying that they actually that heightened their interest in him. Yeah, because like. You know, some, somebody who isn't paying you any attention, you Mysterious. need their attention. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, you, that, that level of just human interaction sort of defines so much of this story, which is crazy. It is crazy. It, it's, it's, so there are a couple of things about it that, um, this isn't in the book, but this is a curious fact. So Sam took the view and would argue that playing the video game while he's on TV makes him better at being on TV or playing the video game when he's interacting with you on a Zoom makes him better at being able to interact with you. That somehow his mind is unfully occupied by whatever the real world is giving him. And that lack of occupation, that absence, he's, that, that deficit he's feeling, by filling it up, by keeping himself busy, the whole brain busy, somehow makes him better at what he does. Now there's all this research that shows multitasking doesn't work. Like you, you're just worse. You know, if you're driving and you're talking on your cell phone, you're going to be doing both worse. You know, that's Mm. just, um, and that research has its origins in a fellow named Cliff Nass, who was his one friend in school's father uh, at Stanford. This guy, yes. And I, I, this ended up on the cutting room floor, but I almost, there was a moment in the book where I almost thought, I want to get into this, Cliff Nass has since died. I was in college with him, oddly. Um, but I wanted to almost get into this because Sam had this basic argument with the, the science 
he he really believed that this kind of like he believed his hair made him strong you know like he he believed that the you know this big mop of hair got him bigger he, bonuses he, at Jane Street he and, believed his hair you know it's almost like Samson but wasn't it wasn't it David it, it strengthened him socially that that he thought that it distinguished him in some way and I, I, I just wanted to I want to just read this passage just as a jump off point for mm. um, this is um one of the, I think, already quite celebrated anecdotes in the book because all the reviewers picked up on it very quickly about his um, call from Anna Wintour, mm. the, 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 the sort of the legendary sort of Edit- fashion autocrat. Editor of Vogue. Editor of Vogue. And um, she's on a video call with him. And this is how you describe it. As Anna Wintour began to speak, he clicked a button and she vanished from his screen. In her place popped his favourite video game, Storybook Brawl. He had only a few seconds to choose his character. They picked the Horde Dragon. Horde Dragon was probably Sam's favourite hero to play. It had everything he loved in a game, pitted him against live opponents. It energised him to have seconds ticked, ticking away. As he assembled his platoon of fantasy characters, dwarves, witches, monsters, princesses and so on. And... I mean, it's just really quite tight, and, and you, you actually develop it. So, yup, 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 Sam to whatever Anna Wintour had just said. <laughs> just kept saying, yup. His dwarf platoon, to which he just added a princess, was defending the war dragon. At the same time, it was attacking its new foe. His opponent's hero, a fat white penguin named Wonder Waddle. And all one can say, when one reads that, I think all one any sane person can say is, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> You have to imagine what it looked like from my point of view because I'm the only other person in the room and I'm hiding off to the side and taking and and and, and scribbling notes and 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 the minute her face would appear on the screen, he would only keep his video on when he was talking, and she would start yapping about the Met Gala or about how they were going to fix the next presidential election with his money or whatever. And he'd say, yup, and he hit the button and this carnage would begin on the screen. You know, weapons would appear and tr- you know, trees with the hatchets would go attack dwarves. And it would just like this, it would, the screen would explode with this activity and her voice is in the background the whole time. And I, I, I did, this is his life. The, the reason the book opens with that scene is this is his life. He's, this is how, this is why I said, I said, got me in trouble. But I, if I said, someone asked me the other day how he would do in jail because he's going to jail almost surely. And I said, Sam would be happy, if you gave Sam a choice between being in jail with the internet and video games or being in his $38 million condominium without it, he would take jail in a heartbeat. Like he would not even think about it, that all he needs is this stimulation. You remove that stimulation and he is just frantic. He doesn't know what to do. Who wants to be a millionaire? I don't. Have flashy flunkies everywhere. I don't. Who wants the bother of a country estate? A country estate is something I'd hate. Who wants to wallow in champagne? I don't. Who wants a supersonic plane? I don't. Who wants a private landing field too? Wait, I don't.